Hello everyone, the Rowdy Buddhist here. I hope you're doing well. Today I want to focus on, again, another concept, another idea, another way of looking at Buddhism. And again, the reason why I make these podcasts is that our view of Buddhism, our realization through our study and practice, allow the path allows the path to manifest before us. Because as I've stated before, you know, the path of Buddhism is not necessarily readily um, seen. That's why we have the sutras in practice. And that even the, the goal that we have, since we're not Buddhas, has yet to be defined or understood through uh, practice and study. So again, these podcasts are to allow us to refocus or how do you say, uh, re re-examine uh, the path that we are on because it's such you know somebody had said once that the the path is as narrow as a razor's edge which means that it's so narrow that a lot of times our views our beliefs our ideas um, our traditions etc sometimes blur that or, or mistakenly direct us off the path so with that I, I want to share something which is very interesting and may actually allow people to hopefully see the path more clearly of the Lotus Sutra and of Buddhism. And that is of the three powerful enemies of Buddhism. This is called in Japanese Sandui Unteki or Sandui Goteki. Those are two or two ways of stating the three powerful enemies. And it's very fascinating because, you know, as we'll go into depth, as a Buddhist, you would think, well, because I'm doing the right thing, because I'm practicing, because I'm being mindful, because I'm being compassionate in my life, that why would anyone want to be my enemy? How? Why would I meet enemies? Actually, perhaps in my own naivety, when I became a Buddhist, I thought, well, this is a better way for people to like me. Uh, or to be as I perhaps had an idealistic idea of what a nice person was. And of course, when we look at the, the Buddha, we look at the Buddha with adoration and awe because he is the enlightened being. But of course, we can only comprehend that through our uh, attachments, but also through our Buddha nature, but more at the beginning, uh, the delusions, the illusions of our attachments. So, these three enemies, I'm going to go through them individually. And again, I, I want to state that this is in the Lotus Sutra. So if you, especially, uh, specifically chapter 13, the encouragement for keeping the Sutra. If you're reading uh, Senju Morano's version, it is on page 206. And uh, this is uh, Miaolo's definition from his annotations on the words and phrases of the Lotus Sutra of what these three enemies are. So these three powerful enemies. So this is not just a concept again, as many people are probably realizing that Nichiren Shonen just decided to make up or create himself. This is something that had already been established, especially within uh, and based on the Lotus Sutra teachings. And as uh, Miao Lo said, the words and phrases of the Lotus Sutra. So we're in chapter 13, it defines it very directly. And then after, we'll look at the, of course, the letters of Nichiren Shonen in which they're um, placed. 
So as we see here on page 209, there is something called the 20 lines of practice. This is Nichiren Shonen's faith and practice in encountering difficulty. And as you see, encouragement for keeping the sutra means overcoming the difficulty. So it states here, thereupon the bodhisattvas sang in gathas with one voice. Do not worry. We will expound the sutra in the dreadful world after your extinction. This is the vow uh, to the Buddha that the bodhisattvas are making through singing the gatha. Firstly, it says, Ignorant people will speak ill of us, abuse us, and threaten us with swords or sticks, but we will endure all of this. This is, by Miolo's concept, the first group of people. That is the common person, or as it says, people of worldly arrogance. This is called Zoku uh, Shu, Zojoman. So this is, uh, many people say, common persons that could be lay people. Uh, especially this is within Buddhism, would be lay people that would perhaps uh, be against or cause the destruction of Buddhism. Uh, so these ignorant people speak ill of us, abuse us and threaten us with swords or sticks. But again, we are speaking of patience, as it says, We but we will endure all of this. This is, of course, the Bodhisattva stating for the Buddha not to worry and how they plan and to whom they understand that we will have to be able to uphold and have patience and encouragement for keeping the sutra, what will be their understanding. And again, with the Gathas, that is how they communicated their understanding or concept with the with their practice uh, to the Buddha. So again, these are people who have seen perhaps other countries, uh, very, you know, this is perhaps an army, uh, politicians, etc., uh, of worldly arrogance. Then it goes on to state the next paragraph. It says, some bhikshus, that's monks, or in this evil world will be cunning. They will be ready to flatter others, thinking that they have obtained what they have not. Their minds will be filled with arrogance. So this second type of people, the second category of the three, are people of religious arrogance. Uh, they're called Domon Zojoman. And this is more in depth, as my teacher has taught me, people of both Buddhism or of other religions, but more specifically, again, as I stated in the first group of people of worldly arrogance, that they were lay people of Buddhism. The second one is the clergy of Buddhism. So this would mean that within Buddhism itself, these arrogant monks, arrogant priests will be those uh, who are easily flattered by others and in many cases perhaps even liked better than others. Um, because they have perhaps shown or believed or encouraged people to follow their teachings based on what they tell them they have obtained, but what they actually have not. And that they will be cunning. And this cunningness, this character is the idea of cunning in order to get what they want through, you know, of course, uh, their arrogance being the center of their being. 
So again, this is priest within even one's own tradition um, that we experience the second group of powerful enemies. And the third, as we go down to the next section, it says, some bhikshus will live in aranyas, or retired places. Now this aranyas is actually a general term for a Buddhist monastery, uh, or retired places. That means out in the middle of nowhere, um, in the sacred, secret place, and wear patch pieces of clothing, thinking that they are practicing the true way, they will despise others. This is considered the worst of the three categories because these are people of excessive arrogance. Um, that's that's uh, the title being Sensho Zojoman. This is high up or trained people, or even as they state, saints, uh, high priests, etc. But more, more in the idea of saints or arahats. Uh, that have actually attained something, uh, but yet are arrogant in the worst sense, uh, in despising and, and hating others, um, or thinking or looking down at them. So those as practitioners, because as we see in the Lotus Sutra, we even see the bhikshus who immediately, when they they want the Buddha to teach them, they immediately then say, well, we don't, you're, you're making this up, this isn't a good teach, and they leave actually walk out on the Buddha's lecture. You know, this is the idea of the worst kind, that they have actually obtained something. So therefore, lay people may look at that and say, oh, they're accomplished people, and then take their word more uh, importantly, or take it as a more important concept or idea uh, based on perhaps uh, abilities or powers that they're correct. So therefore, this, of course, is a great poison uh, to the Sangha. So these three actions are of these three types of powerful enemies that actually we meet in Buddhism. And of course, in this Gatha, as they're expounding it, it goes on, of course, talking about endurance. But we will endure all of this because we respect you. And then we see on page 208, the actions of endurance, the faith of a bodhisattva, the strong vow that Nichiren Shonin says and follows as his main practice, as his main vow, and is taught in the sutra, quote, We will wear the armor of endurance because we respect and believe you. We will endure all of these difficulties in order to expound this sutra. We will not spare even our lives. We treasure only unsurpassed enlightenment. We will not spare even our lives is, of course, the concept of the strongest type of faith. This is Fu Shaku Shin Myo, the non-sparing of body life. Of course, the most important and treasured things to all beings. So therefore, we can see within this what we are to come across, what we are to experience, in our practice but you know if you have a concept and most people want to be liked most people want to be respected most people want to be considered a good person within social uh, constructs but this again is something that's being deconstructed through the Dharma which is fascinating to me because I believe this is one of the instinctual or 
traditional elements of perhaps even, you know, more especially I can speak of my culture in which you're raised to be a good little boy or a good little girl and the sense of approval by others. And that through that, uh, of course, we become arrogant. Uh, we become uh, concerned only with our image, concerned with our ego. Of course, that's why it says, as it gives up the idea of not sparing even our lives, that's the body and, and mind, that this is part. We want people to like this body. We want people to approve of our lives. And that's where we get trapped um, in that. So this actual teaching, you know, may absolutely, again, butt up against that belief, that concept, which, of course, for people, I would imagine, would be extremely unsettling. Because religion, for the most part, is a way that people can be able to say I'm a good person or that I am a, not an arrogant person or that I am a humble person, etc. By establishing or saying what one believes in. But as we see in Buddhism, the way of the Bodhisattva through action is quite different. And actually, the basis of the Bodhisattva, as we see of never despising, is that of patience, of an endurance. So, haven't you ever wondered... If, if we are practicing the true way, why would we come against adversaries? Why would, we ha why would there be powerful enemies? And especially, and I've experienced this many times in my life, the one thing that some, you know, sometimes as a human brings up a little bit of that tinge of why or how come this is not fair is that even amongst one's peers, amongst one's own tradition, one's own sect, uh, that these three powerful enemies are found. It's it's we sometimes think that by belonging to a group or something that we're protecting ourselves. Again, another perhaps instinctual uh, action based on being protected by the group. But then when we're betrayed, uh, again the feelings of betrayal and that are extremely powerful within our own group of people who believe or maybe that we believe that they accept or or follow the same way that we do the way the same michi the same path that we do but only to find out that they have they are not and so perhaps we may even wonder if we're doing it the correct way are we are we on the correct path of the buddha and this is why the essentials of what Nichiren and shonen said in shoho jiso show learning and practicing is important because if if you didn't if you didn't learn and you were just practicing and you came against this your instinct probably would be i'm doing the wrong thing because people you know disagree with me and they're good buddhists right or even saints the saints look at me and tell me i'm a fool and actually when i first became a nichiren buddhist i brought this sutra this exact sutra to the monastery and those monks basically said as is in page 207 uh, they made that sutra by themselves. This is a teaching of her heretics. They're doing this in order to deceive the world. And these were extremely well-accomplished monks, uh, both in meditation and, and teachings, etc. So I was really, really shocked that they became so irate and angry based on the sutra. And yet people gave them ultimate respect because they... they seemed as if they were they, they were saints 
um, they seem as if they were humble because as it says with the idea of wearing patched pieces of cloth, they look like they had renounced the world, uh, even to the point as we see in Chinese Buddhism, burning their head with the precepts. Uh, but again, uh, this kind of, in a way, well, luckily, uh, there must have been, as we see, some karma with the Lotus Sutra that I didn't feel disparaged. I just had another, it, it kind of shocked me or kind of made me question. So therefore, I, I immediately didn't react because, again, I wasn't pulled in by these ideals. I was looking to understand the true path of the Buddha. So what is the purpose of this? I mean, if we're bringing goodness, if we're bringing truth into the world, why are we having adversaries, especially amongst our own Sangha? And it's very interesting because I've experienced this many times in my life. Um, of course, not to the extent of Nietzsche and Shonen. And again, when we look in comparison, we should see that Nietzsche and Shonen's uh, vow and practice was so strong because having a whole country hating you as opposed to a few people trying to uh, be subversive or difficult or uh, troublesome for you is, is nothing in comparison to that. However, uh, as an individual, as a practitioner, uh, it, it still is um, troublesome as if it was a million people having one person uh, intentionally uh, looking to um, remove you or destroy you in your practice and turning people against you, etc. But what does this allow us to do? Why is this teaching here? It's important that we share this, and that's why I bring this up. It provides us contrast. So going back to the original part of this conversation, do you remember when I said it's very difficult to practice Buddhism because most religions, the path is shown very clearly through rules, um, through um, mandates, etc., I wouldn't say they're really clearly. However, people say that they're clearly mandated. For instance, rules, yes or no. But in Buddhism, because we go by that concept of essence and it's something that we have to realize within ourselves, we don't, we're not able to automatically explain what is the path of Buddhism, though we walk on it with our teachers and with the Buddha. And then also what is enlightenment? So what does that mean to be enlightened? Um, some easy or cheesy concept or simplified or, um, you know, even imaginary uh, concept that we may create, we don't know. And if you look at if we're going to enter into something and we can say, I don't know, that perhaps is the most difficult of all. So therefore, this provides for us contrast contrast to the truth so therefore we are able to see in these acts in the actions of these three powerful enemies we can be able to see the path of buddhism emerging because within that instead of being retaliatory or angry etc we go back to our way of bodhisattva practice and we endure and become patient uh, with this and we understand that this is a part of our practice so then therefore the path of the buddha is clearly revealed and again, the path, as I said many times, is something that we are defining at every moment of our life. Every step is defining the path that we're on. And that it is essential to receive the essence of the practice of Buddhism.
So as Devidatta chapter in the Lotus Sutra, Devidatta was the great benefit or benefactor to the Buddha because he was able to show that the Buddha was uh, the true practitioner, was enlightened because this provided a great contrast even for us today of what the practice or the essence is. Of course, we see this again with Nishin Shonin, who is our ancestor of Enkyoji. And before I go into that, I just want to say that the two aspects of Nichiren Shonin's writings are uh, where this is found is the uh, Shimoyama Gosho and especially in the Kaimoku Sho. So in the Kaimoku Sho, uh, Nichiren Shonin specifically shows us and tells us about how these enemies are manifested, how they are seen. And again, it, of course, directs us to understand that this is the way that because we see the three powerful enemies, because we experience them, that we are able to see that, and Nichiren Shonen professes that he is the votary, the essence, the pillar, of the Lotus Sutra, of the true practitioner of the Lotus Sutra, because, as is stated in the Sutra, he was attacked and slandered uh, by both lay people, uh, by priests and high priests, sages, etc. As we can see, as he was sent into exile twice, uh, and then also all of this was prophesied by the teachings. In his teaching of the Kaimoku Sho, Opening the Eyes, he says, as such a time, if there are three powerful enemies predicted in the Lotus Sutra, if they didn't appear, then who would believe the, in the words of the Buddha? And if it were not for, of course, Nichiren Shonin, who would fulfill the prophecies of the Buddha concerning the votary of the Lotus Sutra? So, therefore, Nichiren Shonin was able to see within context that for his life, and of course, we as Nichiren and Buddhists, this provided the uh, contrast to understanding what the path is and that if we are on the path or we are not. And our ancestor Nishin Shonin, of course, is a perfect example because Nishin Shonin, at that time, Nichiren and Shonin's time, there was not necessarily, of course, some of his disciples did betray him and give up the practice, but Nishin Shonin being after Nichiren Shonen and being an exemplar of Nichiren Buddhism, he experienced the idea of of he experienced the idea of this attack, this prediction, in that the people who persecuted him were that of his own tradition, of the Nichiren Shu practice at that time there was not Nichiren Shu but Hokeshu the Lotus Sutra sect they did not like his practice or that he was seen as the second coming of Nichiren Shonin in many ways and also of course rewrote and wrote a, a, a comparable document to the Dishō on Kokuron about establishing the true teaching to find and establish the true practice therefore protecting the nation and so if you get a chance, please learn a little more about Nishin Shonin. And uh, I hope all of you are able to see this uh, and put this within your practice of learning and practicing and being able to help use that to define 
what is the path of the Buddha. That is essential. So I thank all of you for your time today. And uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Namu Hoden Thank you very much.